Amen. <clears throat> Glory to his name. All right. Um, hey, listen. You know, we're, we're all this, you know, we're all these intellectual people and we're in the age of enlightenment and all this kind of stuff. And so, you know, we, we're smart and we have to, have to have answers for everything. But the reality is, is that there is a mystery uh, to the gospel. There's a mystery to even the blood. You know, how, wait a minute, that blood, that blood was shed over 2,000 years ago. But in God's economy and the mystery that it, it's that is the power, the power, and and we don't have to understand it all. All we have to do is by faith say yes, Lord. But sometimes when things are a little bit mysterious and not so explainable, that's when we find ourselves more in awe, more in awe of the greatness and the majesty of God our Father, of Jesus our Savior, of the Holy Spirit who is here and that lives in each of us. This is wonderful, wonderful. All right, so we're, okay, in a football game, when you see players doing this, what does that mean? Fourth quarter, fourth quarter. That means don't stop now, guys. Finish, finish strong, finish well. Uh, and, and, and if we're going to win, we got to play through this. And so here we are in the fourth quarter of this, of this season or experience or encounter that God has us in. And, and so I, I want to say, guys, press through. Now, now is the time to really, really dig in and, and let's experience that victory that God wants us to experience, which is going to be to fully encounter him in, in a way that just blows us away. Now, I do have a little caveat, is, and I'm going to tell you that we've got to play strong this fourth quarter, but we already know this is going to overtime. Uh, next week, you know, so next week, we're going, to, we're, we're going to try to close it out, okay? So we're going to overtime, all right? That don't mean you can lollygag around this week, okay? So we're going, we're going to meet up again, and it's 930, and, and do the group experience and all that kind of stuff, and... Um, and I'm not, you know, I tell you every, to the, almost to the person that I've been talking to, you better come talk to me because everybody's saying, this is, this, uh, you know, th this schedule that we have right now or, or format is, is powerful, is good. And so, you know, we're praying about and considering just, you know, even after, after this experience to keep on, keep it going this way. And I really, really think we need to because I know what's coming up right behind this. And uh, it's going to require us to be able to process all this together. Fourth quarter. Okay, let me do your hand like this. Let me see it, players. Come on, come on. Yeah, fourth quarter. That means you're saying I'm going to play through this. I'm going to, I'm going to do this thing right here, right now. All right, so first quarter what we did is uh, we humbled ourselves. We, and, and, and it wasn't like we won and done. I mean, but we, we, we had to start there by humbling ourselves, by saying, God, we need you for everything, not just to kind of check my salvation so I can have a little hope of that, but God, I need you for every aspect of my life, for forgiveness, for purpose, for peace, for the power to live today, for, for me to love like you want me to love. And, oh, yes, Lord, I need a lot of that. But it's, it's, it was a time of surrender, of, of saying, I am going to abandon this self-absorbed, self-directed life that I've just kind of, mm, 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 I'm calling the shots. God, I'm not doing that. 
You are a holy God. It's in you that we live and move and have our being. And so we humbled ourselves. And we, in the quarter two, then we moved on to pray. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray. And so we just recognized that it wasn't just some flippant little prayer sheets, you know, or, you know checkpoints. But it's, it's honest and relevant conversation with God. All through the day. And we're praying all, all through our life. We're just praying. We're praying honest and relevant. Relevant means having significant bearing at the, on the matters at hand, whatever's going on. The fact that you have a bad attitude about that driver right in front of God, you pray about that. The fact that you, you, know, you want to uh, cheat on your income taxes. Well, we're not there yet, so you ain't got to worry about that, do you? But, you know, we pray all through the day. Not only us in this, the pray, talk, listen, talk, listen, talk, listen. And we're praying as we're reading the scripture, but we're praying with others. Why? Because his, his, the scripture says, scripture says, confess your sins one to another that you may be healed. We're not going to be healed of our self-righteousness. We're not going to be healed of our depression. We're not going to be healed of these strongholds in our life. We're not going to be healed of these cynical, bitter attitudes unless we're talking about it and confessing, hey, one to another. Third quarter, after halftime, seek my face. If my people were called by my name, will humble themselves, pray, and seek my face. <clears throat> and so that wasn't just like, okay, recognizing that God is. No, seek my face. He's saying, I want you to make me your first priority. Right, you know, first thing in the morning before you do anything else, you know, it's not about you. You're going, oh, I need some coffee. Nope, just say, God, God, I want to know you better today, and I want to love you more. I want to experience that for which you created me. I think I've got it all figured out and know how I want to live my life, but I want to know you better and love you more. Seek my face, and then, and then we make him our daily passion. Our daily passion. It's what we are passionate about. That we become passionate about getting to know him, passionate about understanding, you know, what's so significant about the blood, passionate about the things that he's passionate about and the people that he's passionate about. And so we find ourselves, instead of despising this person because they're not like me, that there's, there's a love there, and I'm willing to pray for them because now he is infusing his passion into me and now today we're coming to that fourth quarter turn from your wicked ways i know you've been looking forward to this one i know you have you go let's get on past all that let's just jump on into this wickedness yeah i can't wait to turn from my wicked ways um that's what we're going to be doing today we're going to ask god please help us not hydroplane over this i've been praying Oh wait, God, don't don't let this just don't let us miss out on what you want to do. And I and, and I was trying, I was thinking like, how do we get this? It's like, see, we we don't understand wickedness as as God does, and and. How does this come across? So, and, and, and the analogy to me was like, okay, let's just, okay, let's, let's say you're sick and you're dying. You got, you got some, you got some sickness in you. 
and you're dying. And not only are you sick and dying, but you are infecting all the people that you come into contact with. And so the people that you're closest to, they're really getting a big old dose of it. You're sick and dying, and so you've, okay, okay, I may be, okay. So I go to the doctor, and, and the doctor goes, okay, listen, do you want to get well, or do you just want to mask the pain? Do you want to get well, or do you just want to mask the pain? And you go, well, you're stupid, and that's dumb. I want to get well without pain. Thank you. I think so often that's, that's, that's what we do. We go, uh, here, God, I've got some terms here for you. Listen, I'm, I'm willing to experience you, but I don't want no pain. And Dr. God says, well, wait, wait you're going to get well, but there is going to be some pain in here, but it's a good pain. And you're going, I need a second opinion. And as a result of that, we just keep going to doctor after doctor, and we're getting stuff to mask the pain, and it's all this stuff out here in this world. It's good stuff, but it's stuff that is important to me, pleasures, power, all this stuff that's masking the pain that's allowing this sickness to continue to fester. And I'm getting sicker. I don't know. I don't feel sicker. And also the people around me, I'm infecting more and more people. And, and, and that's, we see that happen throughout history. And, and why, why, would, why would we think that we're any better than, than anybody else throughout history? Oh, we wouldn't, we wouldn't go. No, there are seasons and times where God says, hey, 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 Christian, hey, child of mine. If you're going to continue to be called a child of mine, I need you to take. I need you to humble yourself. You don't got too prideful and haughty. I need you to come and bear your soul to me and bear your soul to one another. I need. I need you to reorient your life and seek my face. I want you. To, I want you to let me get you by the cheeks and I want you to look right into my face and I want you to let me speak my love for you and I want you to let me speak my truth to you and I need you to turn from these wicked ways let's 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 define a few things here wicked Um, you know when we think of wicked a lot of times we go you know number one I'm not wicked I can just tell you that uh <clears throat> but we think of wicked as just evil, evil, you know, this wicked stuff like, you know, rape or sexual abuse, uh, uh, murder or torture or extortion. You know, this, that's evil. That's, 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 that's wicked stuff. But if we really look into the Bible, what it helps us understand is wickedness is simply forgetting God. It's just, it's, uh, like, I'm just doing my life, my way, the way I think I should do it, da-da-da-da, and I'm just forgetting God. Another description is destructive ways. And you can see that there's this, this sickness that we have is truly destructive because look at the destruction that's true in the church. I'm not just talking about in the world. I'm, not, I'm talking about the destructive ways that has caused so much division 
And forgetting God is just destruction. So it's just forgetting God. And then as a result, it's conformity to the world. Ways, wicked way, ways, it's the, the, just my ways of forgetting God in my thinking, forgetting God in my behavior, forgetting God in my lifestyle. Just, you know, hey, I've, this is my lifestyle. God, if you want to come along, come along. Wouldn't be bad to have you in my back pocket. But this is the self-directed way in which I'm going. That word turn, actually in, in, in the Hebrew, it carries with it this connotation of return. R- return, uh, which also means repent. Uh, change uh, of mind, change of attitude, change of heart. And, and so it, it's return. Turn, turn from this and return to me. Return to me. And, and, and the reality is, the only, uh, only way we can do that is, is that we first had an encounter with God, and we have been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, and we know him as our personal Savior. And he's saying, now return. You can't return to something you've never experienced. And he said, return to me. And there was a day in which we said, I surrender. I surrender. Jesus I invite you in to be my Savior and my Lord. Return to me. Uh, And so it's saying, I used to think about God this way. Now I think about God this way. It's it's that change. I used used to think about uh, people this way, but now I think this way. You know, I I used to think about um, uh, what's important this way. Now I think this way. He said, "I I need some change. Turn from your wicked ways. I used to think about my past this way. Now I think about my past this way because I've returned to him. I used to think about success this way. So you see, it's a, it's a change. And a lot of people look at this word repentance, you know, it's a very negative eh, repentance, you know, that's old. No, no, no. It's one of the most positive words in history. <laughs> think about it. When, when, when I repent, uh, there's just, there's nothing but, there's nothing but blessings. Uh, you know, I went, I went, I turned from guilt to forgiveness. I turned uh, from darkness to light. I turned from no purpose to purpose. I turned from despair to hope. I mean, it's a, it is a, it is a very positive, positive turn. <laughs> and God says, I just want you to turn from your wicked ways. And the truth of the matter is, is that we desperately need this. We need it in our lives personally. We need it in our church. And, and, and the, we need it in, in, in America. We need it to, across the world. We desperately, we desperately need revival in order that the people that Jesus died for would see, finally see Jesus through me and through you. One of the encouraging, I just don't get a lot of time to listen to a lot of other folks, but, you know, Francis Chan, anytime you, you can listen to him, listen to him. He just loves Jesus. He just loves Jesus so much. 
But uh, I was listening to a podcast this last week, and, and they were talking about, you know, how, how the pandemic really, you know, the problems we have, and especially the divisiveness and the division in, 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 our, in our country and how it's just polarized so much and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, he goes, well, uh, the, I think we in our churches probably led the way in that. It seems like churches, especially in America, have been the most divisive. I mean, how many denominations do we have? We went from one church for over a thousand years, one church. How many do we have just in America? Why? There's a lot of flesh in that. We desperately need to encounter God and see life from his point of view and see the world from his point of view, see one another from his point of view and see those outside the church from his point of view. How do we turn from our wicked ways? Well, first we kind of just come and just kind of agree with God. That there's this, this, uh, Jesus had you know, these letters to the churches and revelations and it's like, okay, you know, here's churches, there's Everybody has a personality and characteristics and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, it's just coming to an acknowledgement uh, of, of what's going on. And it's here in Revelations 2, 4, and 5. You also have it on, on your outline in, in the letter to the church at Ephesus. He says, but I have this charge against you that you have left your first love. You've lost the depth of love that you first had for me. So that, there was a depth of love there. So remember the heights from which you've fallen and repent, change your inner self, your old way of thinking, your sinful behavior, seek God's will, and do the works you did at first, when you first knew me. Otherwise, I will visit you and remove your lampstand from the church, the church's its impact from its place, unless you repent. That is scary. I will remove your lampstand. I will remove the church's impact, your impact. What kind of impact do we have in church, in America? Oh, we're pretty good. We're, We're chasing people away, running them off. I don't want that. I might need Jesus, but whatever that is, I don't want that. You go, Mike, that's just mean. Yeah. And I'm, I, I'm not just projecting all this just on. I mean, listen, again, God has, oh, I am so blessed to be able to journey and do life with you guys. And, and again, we are at such a unique place at the size we are in this time to encounter God and experience exactly what he wants to do is just is so good. But, but here he's saying, this whole thing as far as repentance is, is we, repentance is essential. Turning from, turning to. Uh, in order for us then, he says, to do, to do. So it's not just about believing, and it's not like just having good chill bumps whenever we hear a good worship song, but it's about doing, behaving, living. 
So here's some instructions for change that comes from Hebrews. Uh, we, and this is, you know, way back several, several months ago when, when the staff went off, you know, God put this on our heart. And it just gives us, you know, just a reminder about what's going on in this process. And he says there in uh, Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses who have, uh, who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness. So in other words, you know, he had gone through Hebrews 11, the hall of faith, talking about these people of great faith. He said, now, listen, we, there, there, there is a choir in heaven that's going, God is awesome. God is beyond your mind. God will blow your mind. He says, now, they're just, they're just singing that to us, saying, believe us because we've experienced it. We're testifying to that. He says, so let us strip off every unnecessary weight, everything that hinders, and the sin that so easily and cleverly entangles us. Let us run with endurance and active persistence the race that is set before us, looking away from all that distracts us and focusing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of faith, the one who brings our faith to maturity who for the joy set before him endured the cross, disregarding the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Just consider and meditate on him who endured from sinners such bitter hostility against himself. Consider it all in comparison with your trials so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So this kind of gives us a little bit of both. It gives us the first half uh, of turn, the turn, and the second half of turn. The first half of turn is just simply this. God, what is it that you want me to turn away from? You know, God, what do you want to change about my thinking? What do you want to change about my attitude? What do you want to change about my behaviors and my lifestyle? You know, God, what is it that you want me to turn from? And that's the question. Right now, just say, Lord, show me. Show me. Just be at it. Say, Holy Spirit, point this out. But that's, that's who you are, the Holy Spirit. You're the one that convicts of righteousness. You're the, you're, you're the, you're the one that comes in and, and just kind of takes my breath every now and then and says, yeah, that, yeah that's, that's true in your life. We're going to be doing this here right now in this moment, and we're going to be doing it as we go into group times and all week long. This is, what we're, this is our posture. God, what is it that you want me to turn from? What is it that I've been masking for so long? I've done this over here, so I don't have to worry about this, and I've tried to fix it right there. You know, as I looked at this, I was like, what are some of the unnecessary weights that, that, that hinder what it is that God's wanting to do in your life, in our church? And, you know, what are some unnecessary weights? I mean, it could be anything. Uh, certainly one unnecessary weight is worry when we worry about stuff. That's just, that's just not godly. You know, unnecessary weight may be the, uh, your calendar, your schedule. It's like, I'm going to squeeze God in here. It could be it could be TV time. It could be your social media time. I don't know. He'll show you. He'll let you know because he's faithful and just. What are the sins that so easily and cleverly entrap? That's what he said. Listen. 
this this Satan, you know, he's been around for a long time, and this sin stuff's been around for a long time, and it's not like, you know, we've got the corner on knowing how to keep sin at bay. No, this stuff is so subtle. Cleverly, easily entrapped. Puts us in bondage. Steals us all the freedom and joy that God wants us to have. A couple of uh, staggering passages. We're going we're gonna to be exploring these in our group time and all week long as well. But let's just take a look at this. When You know, God's clear about this. You know, I mean, he, he kind of lays it out there for us. Uh, first, we look in Galatians 5, 19 through 21. We see all of these, the results of a self-led, self-focused, self-absorbed life. He says, it's obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. That's self-life. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex. A stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. Frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness. Trinket gods. Magic show religion. Paranoid loneliness. Cutthroat competition. We're not seeing any of that. Um, All-consuming yet never satisfied wants. A brutal temper. An impotence to love or to be loved. Wow. Divided homes and divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival. Uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies of community. I could go on. This isn't the first time that I've warned you, you know, if you use your freedom this way, you will not inherit God's kingdom. There may be something in, in, in God's word, God's holy word there that he's going to come along through the Holy Spirit and say, yeah, that's going on. Turn from it. And you're going, what's... Are you, are you, are you saying start another sin list? <laughs> Maybe. We got fire. We still got the cross. We got the blood. Second Timothy chapter 3, there's 19 wicked characteristics here. It says people, he's talking about, in these latter days, he said, people will be lovers of self, narcissistic, self-focused, lovers of money, impelled by greed, boastful, arrogant revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, and profane. And they will be unloving, devoid of natural human affection, calloused and inhumane, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, devoid of self-control, intemperate, immoral, brutal, haters of good, traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of sensual pleasures rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of outward godliness, although they have denied its power, for their conduct nullifies their claim of faith. Holding a form of outward godliness. But their, their conduct nullifies 
Well, that's a lot of that's a lot of nasty right there. That's a lot of wickedness, and we don't want to go there. But God, uh, Doctor God, is coming again. He said, "Hey, hey, you you, you want to mask it or you want to get well?" See, this is it's this self life. Self-directed life, all these characteristics that throw up on the people that we meet. Not literally, but I mean, that, that's what's happening. This thing is just getting proje- it's a projectile onto these other people. And so therefore, there's judgment and there's division and there's all this stuff that's going on. And it's just, it's this disease, it's just. You, we, you can't contain it here. And he's saying, get rid of it. See, this, see, this is what put Jesus on the cross. This is what keeps people who don't know Jesus from coming to him. This stuff is a hindrance to your freedom. It's a hindrance to your love relationship with Jesus. This, this stuff is a huge, huge hindrance, to put it mildly, to other people keeping them from experiencing Jesus. And then we just, we go, well, that's just the way I am. That's the way I grew up. These little pithy one-liners just are, are ask God to help us, help us to get sick with this. That, it, that we've comforted ourselves or we've masked this stuff with before. Earlier in Hebrews 12, he, what does he tell us to do? He said, he said what, what does he tell, tell us to do with that stuff? He said, strip it off. Get rid of this stuff. Get rid of it. How do we do that? Well, certainly not by self-effort. You know, and certainly by not straightening up and flying right. Like my mama used to tell me, you better straighten up and fly right. You know, it's not going to be that. It's not going to be me muscling my way through. We've tried that a million times. That brings us to the second half of turn. And this just blew, this, this verse just blew me away this week. 1 John 7, 1, 7 and 9. He says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and then what does it say? And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Go back to that one before that. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood. Applied. There's some kind of mystery in this. But it's humbly coming before him and, and his sin. <laughs> Wash me. And he says, and I, the blood of Jesus purifies us from all sin. So in verse 9 it says, so if we freely admit that we have sinned and confess our sins... It's not like a, 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 a generality. Okay, uh, yeah, no, no, no. He's going. He's specific. He's specific. 
if we freely admit that we've sinned, whatever it is, he points out and confess our sins. He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us continually from all unrighteousness, our wrongdoing, everything not in conformity with his will and purpose. Wow. Some of you know, some of you used to sing a lot, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood. That's mysterious. That's divine. That's God. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied to this attitude, to this conduct this flesh Father God please please through your Holy Spirit and through your presence help us to understand and experience your amazing love right now for us help us to see you as our Abba Father our loving Father but a Father who loves us so much that you're not going to leave us in this mess Oh, help us to see you and then help us to fall down in free acknowledgement and confession of this stuff, this sin that has robbed us of your glory, that has robbed us of true community, that has robbed those outside the faith from seeing Jesus. Wash me. Wash us. Today I pray. Because we're not just hearers of the word. But doers today. In Jesus name we pray.